Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and our guest today is Selena Shia, the president of the Austin EMS Association. Welcome to the show, Selena. Thanks for having me, AJ. Well, thanks for giving us some of your time, and we want to check in. Uh, you know, we've, Pre-COVID, we've seen around City Hall a bit, and definitely keep you in the news. We want to check in to see how our things are going with your members, with you and your members, um, as we are in month uh, three, I believe, they all fly by, three and a half of of uh, Austin's, uh, of COVID in Austin. Yeah. Um, so when, in March, when COVID really started hitting the U.S., um, we basically completely reinvented our department um, and we set up all new PPE standards um, and we're still, you know, adjusting some of those PPE standards. Um, but we also adjusted a lot of our benefits, um, and we really did feel like it re- we reinvented the department. And now that we haven't had our first huge wave in Austin, um, we are kind of bracing ourselves for any second waves, but we're also um, now feeling much more prepared um, as an EMS agency um, to encounter any peaks that COVID comes towards us. Um, so we really are just in a holding pattern right now. Um, But I'm really proud of our medics for adjusting so quickly to the new PPE regime um, and figuring out, you know, how to do this job in the COVID era. So Mm -hmm. what were some of the what were some of the pre, you know, pre COVID? What were some of the other things y'all were looking to, you know, just achieve the city? I mean, as, as a union president, what were some of your priorities prior to COVID happening? Yeah. So our call volume has consistently gone up over the years. Um, I think because of a lot of national policies, um, you know, a lot of our people are not insured um, and health insurance is really expensive and getting healthcare, even when you have health insurance is really expensive. Um, And also because of, you know, fast food industries, we just have a lot of unhealthy people that do use EMS as their primary care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels like EMS is taking care of a lot of healthcare needs um, for Austinites. And I really wanted to focus on transitioning us into providing some preventative care because people are going to call us anyway. Um, and so, you know, last year, we city council was great and added um, six community health paramedics um, who could help with mental health issues as well as um, help with people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, and you know, those types of people are gonna be people that are calling us like t- up to 10 times a day. Um, so when you're driving down the street and you see somebody who's experiencing homelessness laying on the sidewalk, you might call EMS because you're not sure what's going on. Well, if our community health paramedics can get this person into supportive housing, um, get them the actual resources that they need, um, then you're actually preventing that 911 call from happening and allowing that ambulance to be available Um, for heart attacks, strokes, and other things. And so I've been really focused on getting the right resource to the patient. Um, And a lot of times that's not the ambulance, even though people are calling 911. Um, And so even with COVID, I mean, that's still just as important as ever. Yeah. With the volume too, is that, I mean, how much as a factor of Austin's growth in that? Yeah. So it's, so related to Austin's growth and related to affordability, right? Because if people can't afford housing, then they become homeless. 
Um, but if you look at um, Austin's explosive growth, um, we haven't added an ambulance downtown, like within the confines of Cesar Chavez, um, Mopac, I-35 and 22-22 in like over 30 years. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so what is that, for those, including myself, who are uneducated about that, just, I mean, how, how does it work now with the system of Austin, right? So you have the, the Austin city limits mm-hmm. within that confine. I mean, is it, is it broken down the sectors or how are you met, how are, is the EMS yeah. out in Austin? So um, we, so Austin Travis County EMS is a city department. We are separate from the fire department and from the police department. And we actually respond to all EMS calls within the whole county. Okay. Um, and so basically the ambulances are placed strategically all over the county um, and the closest ambulance to that 911 call will get dispatched. And we call that districts. So, um, you know, in Medic 19 um, and Medic 10, those ambulances are both Northwest and there are a lot of nursing homes. And so we'll say like this nursing home is in Medic 10's district and everybody kind of understands geographically where that is. I got you. And then so downtown, how many, how many, uh, I guess trucks are downtown or in the city? So get this between Mopac, I-35, um, Cesar Chavez and 2222, we have two ambulances. So you have two ambulances downtown. And so what that means is that on the weekend nights before COVID, um, on Dirty Sixth Street, we would have at any given time like six or seven calls. And so that means that neighborhood ambulances are flooding downtown, responding to downtown calls. So basically, um, you, you know, let's uh, ambulances in Pages District or in District, um, uh, district 8. Right, that's what uh, yeah, District 8. So Southeast, South a lot of their ambulances have to come from those neighborhoods and respond to calls downtown because we don't have the adequate coverage downtown that we need. I got you. So I know we're approaching a budget season in a few, you know, shortly, probably two months or so. What are some of the priorities for, for y'all you're looking to achieve? Yeah. So with COVID too, right? I mean, pre COVID and now with this, right. it's definitely opened up. I mean, I think nationally, you know, yeah. Austin, Austin, Travis County has fared better than, than most metros. But again, just from what we've been saying at council, um, Dr. Mark Escott and the city health officials, it's not a matter of uh, a VIF, but when a second wave hits. And particularly we have, you know, with the governor Abbott opening more of the state up mm-hmm. and what that means in addition to folks going back uh, to their normal routines downtown, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So now that um, we are opening up, we are definitely going to see a rise in call volume. Um, We're going to see COVID calls and we're also going to see, um, you know, just people being out and about calls. Um, We actually stationed an ambulance ambulance at uh, 290 in South First Street, an additional ambulance. And what we saw is that all the ambulances around that area, their call volumes dropped a little bit, Mm -hmm. which means that we have always needed an ambulance right there um, because those neighborhood ambulances are responding to a different district. Um, And so what we're gonna see is that we are definitely going to need more ambulances. Um, COVID-19 has really um, changed the way that we run all of our calls. So right now, all calls are going through, if there is any concern that that the patient might have COVID-19, they're going through an additional screening and that keeps the patient safe and that also keeps us safe. Um, and then if we have any types of concerns that the patient might have COVID-19, 
Um, it's adding minutes because we're having to, you know, don all this gear, including goggles, a face shield, um, two gowns, two pairs of gloves, whatever we need to do to make sure that we're safe. Um, and then after the call, if it was a COVID call, um, we are also having to be very careful when we're taking off all of our PPE. We're having to decontaminate our ambulance completely, um, including fogging the whole ambulance um, and also potentially showering and changing uniforms um, if it was a very intensive call. So all these things are changing the length that all of our calls are taking. And so even if our call volume is the same, the length of calls is taking longer, which means that you don't have as many in-service ambulances. So we definitely are going to need more ambulances next year to cover the COVID calls. I got you. And just um, kind of on the ground level, just what have you been hearing from members this time in terms of either, you know, on the work stresses, you know, just, just kind of managing it at home too. I mean, how they, how have your, have your folks been? Um, our folks are great. I, I think a lot of people um, aren't even concerned about themselves, but they're concerned about their families. Um, you know, we have medics that have kids that are immunocompromised, loved ones um, that are immunocompromised. Uh, a lot of our medics um, are taking care of elderly family members. Um, and so I don't think that the medics are as concerned for themselves, but they're really concerned about the people that they care about and take care of. Um, and so we have a lot of medics that are not staying at home right now, that they're staying in hotels, um, uh, waiting for these peaks to pass. Um, and, you know, fundamentally, it's changing the way that they're having to run calls. I, I had one medic put it really um, smartly. She said, you know, before COVID, I would show up on a call and I would know exactly how to act. I have, I've developed all these instincts um, and ways to run calls. And now after COVID, I've had to like completely rewire my gut and like introduce COVID into everything that I think about when it comes to running calls. And so that definitely takes a huge mental adjustment. Um, but I really am proud of our medics for having done it really, really um, effortlessly. Cool. And then for, for Austinites who want to, or people out of the city too, but for Austinites who want to support, uh, you know, the, Austin, the EMS uh, community, what are yeah. ways to do that through your association? Yeah, so we have a relief fund, um, and you can visit it by going to austinemsrf.org, um, and that stands for Austin EMS Relief Fund, um, and that goes to support medics who are either quarantined um, or have had a positive COVID. So we have had a positive medic who likely got it from calls that she ran, um, and so it helps support her during that time. Um, and we've had a lot of people who have run really high risk calls or um, run on patients who afterwards they found out that they did have COVID. Um, and that makes, makes it so that these people have to quarantine for two weeks and that can really affect their home life um, and their personal life. And so um, this relief fund has been used to support them. Um, we've also used it to purchase certain equipment that can be really helpful. So um, one thing that we're purchasing, which is really interesting to think about is Tupperware. Um, so we're purchasing Tupperware so that our folks can safely store N95s between calls. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise, if you don't have a safe storage, then your N95 is just kind of like hanging out in the cab with you, um, just like I'm sure everybody's home masks are. Um, but that's actually not very safe to just let it be flapping around. Um, and so we really want to put that in a place that's protected. Um, so, so equipment like that that can help prevent our medics from getting COVID. Um, so any donation is really um, appreciated and helpful. 
Great. We'll put that information in the show notes. So Serena, Selena, thank you for your time and all you do and all your, uh, your, um, your members do. And uh, yeah, just be safe out there. Yeah. Thanks for having me, AJ. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.